It's a bad day when you have to clean your glasses with your face mask. <laughs> your, your handkerchief's left in the other pocket. It's just lovely to be here. And uh, just over the past uh, couple of months when Graham's asked me to speak, uh, I've kind of just felt that it's important, especially in this time of coronavirus, to, to have something fresh. I think also having something fresh really puts pressure on you, certainly puts pressure on me. But I think it's also really important to make, to make sure that when we, when we come to share with each other, particularly the Word of God, that it's wholesome and it's fresh and that it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. I've really been before the Lord regarding this, and uh, as I have been the past few times I've spoken, uh, particularly during this time of, uh, of the pandemic, and Graham mentioned that there's a long prayer list on a Wednesday, and there is a long prayer list on a Wednesday, and there's a long prayer list because people need prayed for. People are going through difficult circumstances, and sometimes in our life, life's trials are tough for ourselves and also for our family and for our friends. And... Uh, this time of COVID-19 makes it particularly difficult. So there are all sorts of complications in our lives that we would we would maybe normally be able to deal with okay. But the, the COVID complexity sometimes uh, just kicks in. Now, having said all that, uh, I've really been before the Lord, and I want to speak today about resilience, just the word resilience. And... Uh, Probably a kind of loose dictionary definition of resilience is bouncing back, being able to bounce back, being flexible, stickability, endurance, keeping going, bouncing back. And uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's tough to bounce back, particularly in difficult uh, circumstances. And uh, I wonder just at the beginning if we could watch a video. This is a guy, an athlete called Derek Redmond, and he was tipped to win the gold medal in this race. And uh, I think it's maybe four or five minutes, but it's very touching and it, it's worthwhile to watch. And I hope I get it
When troubles come and my heart burdened be, then I am still and wait here in the silence until you come and sit a while with me. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than I can be. That's one of these videos where you feel you don't need to speak after it. It's 
really very touching. And uh, it certainly kind of takes our minds to the Father's love for the Son. And it takes our minds to keeping going, keeping in the race. We don't necessarily need to finish first, but to keep going. Uh, some of us are sprinters and some of us are long distance runners. And the Lord always wants us to be to be long distance runners, just to keep going. And uh, he gives us the strength and the faith at times to do that when, when we've, we almost feel like giving up. So we just want to, if I can get the clicker to work. Things I've done it. Oh, I've nearly done it. I've done it. Yes. <laughs> You have no idea the feeling up here when you just manage to actually do something like that and you've not really got any, any technical expertise. But I just want to focus today on resilience. I'm going to read this scripture uh, and it's not necessarily what I'm going to, the scripture I'm going to speak about, but uh, it just reflects at times keeping going when we feel almost like losing heart. Therefore, since we are surrounded, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 12, Verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So if you want to read Hebrews chapter 11, you'll see the great cloud of witnesses. The many, the many people uh, mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 who ran the race and completed the course. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sense that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. God's got a race marked out for us. Fixing, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I'm sure God will bless to us that reading of his word. So I just want to share a few thoughts with you. I think I've prepared a wee bit too much, but I'll just skip over stuff that I feel that, uh, that I'm able to do. When we're struggling and when we're really looking for resilience, as Christians, what we need to have is faith. We need to rely on our faith and trust in God. We've all experienced pain. We've all experienced suffering. We've all experienced adversity. And this time of coronavirus has caused a, a huge amount of pain. Many people have lost their lives and families have been thrown into disarray and making arrangements for funerals, etc. And we in the coffee house have been involved in that. And Kathy and Nicola have been involved in that kind of stuff. And we're able to see folks' pain as they come into the coffee house, as we come in at new beginnings. We're able, we're able to to see each other's pain from time to time. And the long list on Wednesday 
is a long list for a reason. It's because the devil's really attacking us at this time. And we need to rely and to trust in God. Faith in God embraces the promises of God. And it's important for us to grasp that, that our faith in God embraces the promises of God. I always remember Stanley Shaw saying, there are 30,000 promises for Christians in the scriptures. 30,000. Wonderful, isn't it? And we need to rely on God's power during these tough times. It's his power, not our power, not our strength, that gives us resilience, this ability to bounce back. And I think res resilience in God, it just it helps us to build up our resilience in our own character, and our own personality. And that's from a reliance in God. So reliance can give us resilience as long as it's a, as a reliance in God and not a reliance on self. Just a few comments I've said there about faith. See, faith doesn't always take your pain away or remove our problems. We, we know that. But faith helps us to deal with the pain and gives us the ability to work through our pain and gives us the ability to handle our problems. And faith often takes us through the, the problem and the storm rather than to help us avoid it. It doesn't take you out of the storm necessarily, but it calms us in the middle of the storm. How often have you felt an unexplainable calm in situations where you should have been really over-anxious and really uptight, and all of a sudden, you felt this calm. And that often happens when we're really relying on God. And God knows our need, and God meets us in our need. Faith doesn't always put out the fire, but God is with us at times, at all times, in the fire. I think I spoke about that a few weeks ago in the fiery furnace, that God's in the situation with us. It's important to grasp that, brothers and sisters, in new beginnings. God's always in the situation with you. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that, but it is the case. And faith produces resilience, persistence, and stickability. That's a big one, stickability. When I was writing references for people, one of the things that I'd never ever read anywhere was anybody saying that people had stickability or resilience. And it's something that I always put in in a, in a, a reference if it was the case. This person has stickability, keeping going when the chips are down. Keeping going when you think you're failing. Keeping going when life's tough. Stickability. Persistence. Faith certainly keeps going when you feel you just can't go on. Now, I know that there will be people in, 
in the church today. There'll be folks at, at Zoom and Zoom, and you've felt you just can't go on. How are you going to manage? This problem seems insurmountable. Faith keeps you going when you feel overwhelmed. I think I've quite often felt overwhelmed. Quite often. And it is only our faith that keeps us going. And sometimes it's important to bring God into our situation at an early stage. That's one of my big problems. I sometimes end up in a difficult situation and it can be a couple of weeks down the road. And I say to myself, Sandy, why are you trying to problem solve yourself? You need to bring God into this early. Have you not learned your lesson? Sometimes I don't, I don't learn my lesson. And you need to bring God in at the beginning. Maybe Graham could move that one. I'll... Jings, I've done it again. Just for everybody in Zoom, I, I think you'll be quite pleased that me managing to do this. <laughs> Technological dinosaur. The substance of resilience. It's the ability to bounce back. The substance of resilience. Nobody goes through life with an unbroken chain of successes. Everybody has failures and mistakes including you and including me. We all embarrass ourselves at times with our behavior. And we all have pain and we all have sorrow and we all have suffering and we all have grief and we all have anxieties. The people that impress me are folk that have great resilience and adversity. I never get impressed with people wanting to tell me how, how successful they are. I don't think that impresses people out in Moody'sburg when they come in. Let them know how successful we are in the coffee house and successful we, how we are in New Beginnings. We don't do that in here. People are impressed by how you deal with adversity. That's what I'm always impressed with. How often have you said to yourself, I'm going to chuck this job. I'm going to chuck it. I'm going to walk away from it. I'm just terrifying Tommy Proctor here in case he had to go to a job. I'm terrifying myself in case I needed to do it. How often have you said, I just can't take anymore. Or I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Moses thought he wasn't good enough. God says, listen, I'm using you, Moses. I'm not good enough. How often have you felt you're not good enough? I was having a look at Lizzie's, the, the knitted figures here, off the nativity scene, and the poster in the bright. Absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. I couldn't do that. Why? Because I'm not good enough. I'm genuinely not good enough. And sometimes we say we're not good enough. And the Lord says, I still want to use you. But I've messed things up, Lord. I can't face people. Okay. 
我发个端呐。I'm so annoyed that everyone in the church can't see that I am right. I'm not going back to church. Everybody can't see that I'm right. There are times when we feel we want to give up. As I've said in the screen, and you'll see it, the people that really impress me are the ones that keep going in the face of adversity. John was sharing last Sunday, just as a kind of wee light, light interlude, and in what I'm going to say. John was sharing last Sunday about how the meaning of words have changed. For example, that an apple was a fruit, not an iPad, when we were young. And a big mark was a la- a big mark was a large raincoat. A big mark. That was a large raincoat. Somebody like me. Somebody like me wore a big mark because it mark because I needed to have a large raincoat. Right. It wasn't necessarily a McDonald's, a Big Mac. They're doing double Big Macs at the moment. <laughs> a mouse was a wee thing that terrified you. And somebody like me from the west of Scotland would have wanted to kid on that I was really strong. I'll sort that wee mouse out. It was absolutely terrified of it. But um, a mouse was a mouse. It stole your cheese and ate your Mars bars. <laughs> a megabyte. A megabyte was when your sister Sandra took a big bite of the, your Mars bar on a Friday. You only ever got a Mars bar on a Friday, and you gave your sister a bite, and she took it. She took it. Took a chunk right down to your nails. And do you know what you said to yourself? No bother. Enjoy it because your sister cleaned your football boots for you, and run after you, and did everything else. So you were happy to give her a bit of your Mars bar. And then when you get married to Margaret, she took over that job, that role. <laughs> uh, cleaning her football books. <laughs> Looking after you. The coronavirus has also brought in new words. And I'm sure if I asked everybody uh, in Zoom or here, uh, you would mention a few words. I've just noted them down. Uh, pandemic, and some of them are old words, but they've got a new meaning. Pandemic, COVID nineteen, ventilator, isolating, quarantine, a wee phrase, social distancing. Nicola has been out with the tape roll, <laughs> and she's got her, she's got us two meters apart. That way, that way, that way, that way, that way. Because she's been out with a tape rope. And you can be sure you've got two metres apart because she's exact. And somebody like me, I'm the old school. I've got to ask somebody, what's two metres? Like ask Tommy Proctor, what's two metres, Tommy? Yeah. Well, I think it's near enough six feet, isn't it? Something like that. But I go with feet and inches still, you know. Social distancing, symptoms. Vaccine. Thank the Lord. You know, what a breakthrough this week that we're getting a vaccine. Face masks. Jinx, face masks. We used to put face masks on when we were playing cowboys and Indians, when we were wee boys. Face masks. Sanitizer. In your bubble. You know, are you in your bubble? That used to be something you got when you went for a bath. 
when you put your squeezy in. <laughs> the Collins Dictionary Word for the Year. So has anybody any idea what it is in Zoom or in here? The Collins Dictionary Word for the Year. What do you think it is? When this is over. <laughs> when this is over. It's lockdown. That's the Collins Dictionary Word for the Year 2020. Lockdown. Well, I was talking to somebody through the week and I was telling them that lockdown was the Collins Dictionary Word for the Year. And they said, well, Sandy, one of the things about lockdown is we can look up. Lockdown. Lockdown makes us look up. Look up to the Lord in lockdown. If you're struggling with lockdown, look up to the Lord. I've got the, the Christian word for the year. I've invented a Christian word for the year. This is the new beginnings. Christian word for the year. And I hope you don't mind me speaking like this because I think we can do it in our fellowship. You know, it's, you know, I wouldn't expect Robert to come and, you know, maybe do this. But, but I'm one of the fellowship. I'm one of you and we're, we're together. So I think I hope I'm able to get away with bounce back ability. This is my word. Bounce back ability. The ability to bounce back from situations that cause us pain and suffering. And that could be physical, it could be emotional, or it could be spiritual, or usually a combination of all these things. In New Beginnings Church, we have bounce back ability in abundance. Now, I want to make something clear. That doesn't mean to say that when you've got bounce-back ability, you know, you're walking into church and you've got this kind of, oh, I'm bouncing back from a situation. Now, can you imagine Nicola doing that? You know, Nic <laughs> Nicola's got huge pain in her back, right? She's been struggling for weeks. We don't expect her to walk in and say, well, the Lord's touched me, I've got bounce-back ability. And Nicola's got this bounce-back ability. No, no. Sometimes that's not our character. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we're effervescent. So you can see when somebody's bouncing back. I don't expect Nicola to walk over here and to say, Sandy, just to, just to let you know I'm feeling a lot better and I've got this bounce-back ability and look at how I can move up how really supple I am. No. Sometimes, sometimes our personality is just different from that. And we have got bounce-back ability, but it's not necessarily noticeable. Tommy actually said to me, and I thought this was, I thought this was something, this really kind of hit me. He says, Sandy, bear in mind, some people don't bounce back. Bear in mind, Sandy, some people don't bounce back. And I thought... Some people don't even get the opportunity to bounce back. I was taking the funeral of a, Tommy's nephew, a young man who died in very difficult circumstances. The funeral was on Wednesday. I was asked to take it and I, I really poured, poured over it because the young man was 37, 37. And he died in very difficult circumstances and the family were heartbroken. And I think in relation to bouncing back, don't, don't, don't let's ever feel that people who don't bounce back are not being spiritual. 
That's what we can do. Sometimes it's tough to bounce back. When I was at my worst times in depression, bouncing back was me actually uh, maybe answering the phone after about 40 rings. Bouncing back was actually opening a letter that I was scared to open. Bouncing back was occasionally smiling. So remember, bouncing back can be a process. Reliance, reliance and resilience is a process. It doesn't necessarily, necessarily happen like that. I'll just very quickly say this. I think I'm, I'm maybe, maybe struggling for time a wee bit. And, uh, anyway, I was thinking of just a few, a few people, uh, Bible characters, that tremendous resilience. There was Noah. Now, Noah was 500 years old when God asked him to build the ark. 500. It never rained before. He wasn't a joiner. And he was asked to build an ark. Why? Because there was going to be a flood and the flood was going to wipe out everybody and Noah was asked to build the ark. And he did so. In the face of adversity all around him, he built this ark. 55 years, they reckon, approximately, to build the ark. It took me nine and a half hours or nine hours to, to build a barbecue. So I can understand why it took 55 years to build an ark. But you know something? He was faithful. He had great resilience. He had stickability. He had endurance. And you know what the scripture says in Genesis? I think it's chapter 6. Noah was righteous. He was blameless among the people. And he walked with God. So it's important in relation to our situations. Try and keep walking with God. Because God will never leave your side. Peter. Now Peter, very quickly, was one of these characters. He was bold and he was brash and he was tough. He tried to walk in water. He tried to do all sorts of things. He was, he was the most outgoing of disciples. And do you know what the Lord says to him? Peter, you'll deny me three times. See, before the cock crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. And he did. And he was ashamed of himself. He was ashamed of himself. Brother Hugh Kilpatrick on Wednesday night at the prayer time mentioned the word shame. And it really hit me. And I thought it was really from the Lord when Hugh prayed that. And I was just thinking, how many times have I been ashamed of myself? But I can still go back to God. I can still go back to God. And Peter was ashamed of himself. And he denied the Lord to a wee girl. To a wee girl. And he was ashamed of himself. But he bounced back. And he became the great Peter. The wonderful man of God. And he ended up being crucified. It is said that he got crucified upside down. The scriptures don't necessarily confirm that. And they, reckon he, they say he got crucified. He wanted crucified upside down. Because he, he, felt, he felt so humble. He didn't want to be crucified the same as the Lord. That, that he felt... He felt uh, that he didn't deserve that. I don't know whether that's true or not, but that, that's sometimes been said. But what a great man he was. Now, just very, very briefly, I think, before I go into what I want to say at the end, the Apostle Paul showed tremendous resilience. Just a couple of scriptures I want to share with you. 
This is the testimony of Paul, a great man of faith. 2 Corinthians 4, 79. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. That's how I feel at times. Containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not ourselves. Our great power is from God, not ourselves. We're pressed on every side at times by troubles, but we're not crushed. How often have you feel pressed on every side? But listen, brothers and sisters, you will not be crushed because God doesn't allow it. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned. God doesn't abandon us. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. And I'll tell you this, I felt knocked down guy often. And sometimes being knocked down is my own fault. And sometimes knocked down, being knocked down is just circumstantial. 2 Corinthians 1, 8-10 says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through. This is Paul speaking in the province of Asia. Now listen to this. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We were crushed, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our natural ability. Our natural ability. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We've placed our confidence in him. And he will continue to rescue us. Amen. What a wonderful man Paul was. This was his testimony. This was how, this is what happened to him. He was attacked everywhere he went. And he stood up for Jesus. How was he able to do that? Because he had a tremendous trust and faith in God. And this, he had this powerful prayer life. That he brought everything to the Lord. Okay. Just nearing the end. I'm still okay for time, Graham. Can I? Okay. Trouble and adversity at the point of crisis can take over our lives. I'll tell you, in the past month, it's quite interesting. There's, I've maybe gone a week where a situation has dominated this head. And sometimes I get annoyed with myself because I need to think outside my bubble. I need to... I'm using one of these words. <laughs> Chinks. These words dominate your life, don't they? But I need to think outside my bubble. I need to think about my brothers and sisters and new beginnings. I need to think about my wider family. I need to think about all my friends. And I'm absorbed. I'm absorbed in adversity. I'm absorbed in strife and trouble and crisis. I'm absorbed in it. And sometimes it can totally dominate your mind every minute of every day almost, and at least it feels like that. This can also highlight our weaknesses. It can expose our vulnerabilities. 
We all know that. At the point of trouble and strife and crisis, it really exposes our vulnerabilities. So what can we do to be resilient and to keep going? Ask God for his strength in our weakness. Recognize your weakness and ask God for his strength. Ask God to come into your situation, as I said a wee while ago, at an early stage. Ask God for wisdom. I'll tell you what, sometimes I don't feel very wise, particularly just now. I think I've always coped with adversity pretty well. Just now, I'm not doing it very good. I'm not doing it very good. And I need to go and ask God for wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. Give this foolish person wisdom. Give this kind of quick person wisdom. This person who doesn't respond at times as well as he used to. Give us wisdom, Lord. Patience, Lord. Give me a bit more patience. Listen to the Lord's word. You'll only listen to the Lord's word if you're in the Lord's word. So we need to go to the scriptures, brothers and sisters. And listen for the Lord speaking to us. And watching for him. And trust him fully to bring the help we need. Sometimes it's no easy to do that. Trust him fully to bring the help we need. Trouble and adversity motivates us to cry out. And I've just mentioned a few, a few scriptures there. God responds to the cry of his people when they suffer. God responds to your cry when you suffer. Within your family, God responds to your cry. Within the community, God responds to your cry. In your workplace, God responds to your cry. In new beginnings, God responds to your cry. Next door in the coffee house, God responds to our, our cry. I call on him in times of trouble because he will answer me. Sometimes we just don't have the patience to wait for the answer. Or we get the answer and we don't see it because we're too involved and absorbed in our situation. Don't be afraid to cry out vocally and from your heart. Don't be afraid to cry out verbally and vocally and from your heart. I cried to the Lord with my voice, the psalmist said, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Ask the Lord for mercy. I always like when Graham prays. And Graham, when he prays, brings our sin before the, our sin before the Lord and asks him for God's mercy. Ask for God's mercy each day. We don't deserve it, but God gives us it. And we need to cry out to the Lord in humility. Brothers and sisters, pride is our, one of our biggest problems. The thing that deals with your pride is humility. I've been proud at times. You just need to ask Margaret that. Well, Sandy thinks he's never wrong. And I'll say, I'm not like that at all. I know fine well I'm like that. And sometimes we think we're never wrong and we need to be humble before the Lord and call on him. He forgets not the cry of the humble. I like that. He doesn't forget the cry of the humble. James, I think it is. Uh, James 4 and 10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will raise you up. 
Humble yourself before the Lord. Completely prostrate yourself on the floor. That's what it means. At your most vulnerable, and he will raise you up. It doesn't say in James 4 and 10, he will give you the strength to raise yourself up. He will raise you up in his strength and in his power. Just nearly finished. Pain, suffering, and adversity causes self critical self-examination, and we need to do that. God doesn't want you to go on a mission of self-destruct. I'm hopeless. I can't do anything. I'm in this situation. I can't get out of it. Satan gets the victory, and that stops you bouncing back, brothers and sisters. Don't allow Satan to stop you bouncing back. We need to continually examine our attitude, our motives, our behavior, what we say and how we say it. Our pride, our unwillingness uh, to, to admit that we might have handled things wrong. But listen, don't self-annihilate. Don't self-annihilate. The Lord wants you to be built up. You can come to him at any time in any situation. The Bible tells us that you and Zoom and here were a royal priesthood. We're God's holy people. We're precious to him. Peter was a wonderful example of this. Examine yourself, yes, but grow in strength and grace from self-examination. Don't examine yourself to put yourself down and destroy yourself. Only Satan gets a victory. Examine yourself to, go and, to grow in strength and grace. Brothers and sisters, pain and suffering can make you bitter or it can make you better. Pain and suffering can make you bitter. That's happened to me at times. Or it can make you better. I'll tell you what, it makes you better when you really get before the Lord, when you come into the Lord's presence. Just as if, this is the way, I'll just leave that. I don't think I've much time, but adversity, adversity tests our friendship. When you go through difficult situations, sometimes people will stick with you and sometimes people will disappear. Sometimes friends will remain and they'll offer support and comfort and encouragement and sometimes they'll disappear. Also, when you go through a very difficult situation, sometimes, sometimes God's planning that would be for you to help somebody else, to support somebody else. I'm really finished. You'll be thankful. New Beginnings Church. A number of this church, a goodly number, will have experienced difficulties, trials, burdens, Heartaches. And I mentioned words earlier on, and here's some other words that I think relate to new beginnings. Resilience, stickability, determination, love, comfort, concern, prayer. These are all words to describe the saints and new beginnings, both in here and next door in the coffee house when we're serving the community. Keep encouraging one another, brothers and sisters, as we face the struggles that we're in at the moment, the struggles of life that are compounded by this 
coronavirus. Prayerful, practical, emotional and spiritual support is vital for each other. Thank the Lord that is found in abundance in new beginnings. Amen.